Elon Musk didn't need a personal brand, but he saw the benefit and value of having one. Oh, and he's taken advantage of it. But but it also goes to show that whether you're a big corporation to the mom and pop shop, both of them are severely affected by a personal brand. Their income is directly correlated. Welcome back to the Perspective Podcast. My name is Devin, my co-host Mitch Harley here. Uh, and today we are topic, talking about the topic of personal brand and how to leverage personal brand to grow your business or increase your reputation in the places that you're trying to shine, um, which kind of leads me to the, def- the very definition of what a personal brand is. And if you just replace the words personal brand with reputation, that's all you really need to know. Well, that's an oversimplification of it. <laughs> yeah, it's a very, very big oversimplification. Um, but I, but I think it's probably the most misunderstood, though. Um, yeah. Or maybe. Yeah, I think there's a lack of education as far as what it is, and I, I'm included. Like I told you before we started this, I, I don't think I have real clarity on personal brand. I understand the concept of it, but. I also recognize that there's a difference between personal brand and, and other things. And I think I'm hoping that, you know, through questions that I have that I can gain clarity and maybe it can help people that are listening to this. Yeah, too, this is actually as- really great. So as far as like what a personal brand is, like what would your first major question be? So, okay. When it, when it comes to a personal brand, some people have, um, Let's just use social media. Let's use that as our kind of opening one because that's a very vocal way of having that personal brand. Some people have a personal page and then they have a professional page. Right. Is personal brand affected? Like, can you have two personal brands or is it one? It's always been one. And that's the common misconception is that, okay, I got my personal private profile and on there I can say and do whatever I want, but then I have my professional one and I have to put on my customer service voice and act very proper and wear a suit. And the the thing is, is there's a, there's a lack of authenticity when you divide those two parts of yourself, because think about it in terms of relationships. Like, let's say, you know, I just met you and I was acting like I was a super proper guy. And then when we stopped interacting, I like go back to this other version of me that's, you know, maybe I'm a little bit louder. Maybe I like to be comedic and I say jokes and things like that. Um, Depending on who I actually am versus who I present that the person that I'm interacting with is going to respond to that in one way or another, right? Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I agree because um, I've had a lot of debates with people about this whole people losing their their jobs because of decisions they made on social media. Yeah. So I I don't necessarily agree with it, but it's something that's happening. And to me, that with with that definition being said, to me, that's saying that companies want people to have a certain personal brand. And if it doesn't match their statements or their beliefs, then you can't be a part of that. So at what point does your personal brand, do you have to change it? Do you have to change your personal brand? Do you have to just find a place that that it fits? Are people overvaluing, are companies overvaluing their personal brand versus the employee's personal brand? 
Like, I think those are all, it's kind of becoming this hodgepodge of, that's why people are like, what's a personal brand? Because what does it matter? Right. I'm going to get told what to do anyway. Yeah. Well, we're so connected now as far as like, it doesn't matter where you go. There's always a camera, right? So the way that you behave now can be captured and shared with people. And I think that that's a big um, interruption. It's a disruption into the way that we uh, interact socially and, and culturally. Like it's the risk of me being at a subway and having a problem with the person making my sub and then making a big deal out of it. And then that getting captured on, you know, one of the other customers phones and then shared to Facebook, like, uh, oh, we got to shame this D bag for acting this way. And then my employer seeing me doing that and going, listen, we can't have that kind of people around. Well, they had me around. Right. And so I was this way over here and I'm this way over here. And now there's an incongruence in who I am as a person. And so to define a personal brand, it kind of forces us to look in the mirror. We have to take a look at who we are and how we're behaving and how we're interacting with the people around us at all times. I like to think of this in terms of, and I had this conversation with a couple of good friends of mine. Um, Whenever I'm interacting with anybody outside of myself, I always ask this very simple question. What would the best version of myself do in this situation? And I got a story to kind of go along with this. Okay, so I'm at Walmart um, and this is kind of at the, the peak of all the, the COVID stuff that's going on. And I personally didn't subscribe to the media hype and a bunch of the stuff that was going on. Um, I do have a medical condition that uh, makes it hard for me to wear a mask. And so I was refusing to wear masks everywhere I went. I just didn't care. And nobody really said anything to me because I'm a nice guy in general when it comes to, you know, interacting with each other. I was at a Walmart. I walked in. The security guard was like, hey, you got to put a mask on. I'm like, no, I got a medical exemption. He's like, okay, no worries. He did his part. Uh, and off I went. So I'm going through the store, filling up my cart, getting everything I need. And there was somebody stocking shelves. Um, I think a department manager or something. And she stopped me and said, hey, listen, you need to wear a mask. I said, no, I have a medical exemption. I already talked to the security guard. And then she goes, mm -mm. and then she just kind of like walked away and got on her phone. So I know what's about to happen. And sure enough, uh, about two minutes later, the, the store manager finds me and comes up and starts a, a conversation with me. Now, there are a lot of ways that I could have um, interacted with this person. So one of the things that she said to me was, yeah, it's kind of a, a store-wide policy now. All of us, we, we're just, you have to wear a mask when you're in here and that's our store policy. And I stand behind a store setting their policy. If this is the way the store wants to be. So I have to like, I have to like stand behind that as my own belief. And uh, she went on to say that there are alternatives. If you'd like, you can order online or you can pick up at the curb or whatever, whatever. And so she was very helpful. Now I could have been confrontational. And I could have dealt with that situation like a total dickhead. But instead, what I chose to do was um, stop and listen and hear her out and the things that she had to say. And um, I don't imagine that she gets that a lot. I imagine she gets, you know what I mean? The confrontation right away, because I think that that's how a lot of people behave. And maybe that's just my observation. Um, or maybe I'm, you know, off the mark there, but uh, the point still remains. 
after she finished what she had to say, I said, okay, yeah, listen, no problem. I got a cart full of stuff here already. I got two things to grab and then I'm out of here. Uh, is that okay with you? And, and then I, I'll, you know, I'll play by, uh, I'll play by the rules. Yep. No problem. Go ahead. Thank you for being so understanding. I appreciate you. And off I went. So that right there is a reflection of my personal brand. My personal brand is to be the best version of myself that, that I can be. That doesn't mean acting fake in front of somebody, or that doesn't mean acting out in front of somebody. That means guarding who I want, the, uh, how I want the world to perceive me. So now that we have social media, social media is just pipes, right? Just like we got water pipes, we got gas pipes, we got waste pipes, we got the pipes that take care of the drain water and all this other stuff. And they do a very good job of, of doing the thing they were designed to do which is transport something from one place to another. But if you put natural gas in a sewer, there's going to be a really big problem. A car is going to drive by one of those sewer grates and the whole city is going to implode. So when you use the tools improperly, you get a bad result. So when you think of the social media like a pipe now, it's what, are, what am I putting in the pipe? And we're the ones to blame. And if you think social media is bad, it's because you're around or or are in the social media environment of bad people, of people who don't understand that they're the reason why social media is so bad. Mm-hmm. But if you're one of the people that are contributing to it in a good way, that's using the pipe properly. And if you use the pipe properly, you get exactly the re- results you want. I want running water in my taps. And so we use the pipes to put water in it to get it to my taps. And that's the way that's the way that it works. So when it comes to somebody uh, saying having a, a small business, <laughs> a contracting business or, or whatever, a little accounting firm, something, something fairly, basically that they're almost doing from home office in their garage type. A lot of them feel that they can, they can separate their business from their personal brand and maybe unintentionally, but I've seen it a lot where, you know, at their kid's, they're getting kicked out of their kids' hockey games because they're yelling at the at the coach and the ref, and you know their five year old is going to be the next Connor McDavid, so you can't tell him what to do. And then they go and they sit down and they're like, "Yep, we offer the best customer service in our industry." I'm like, "Well, but well, you've kind of you proved, yeah, you've kind of proven to me that if things don't go your way, you can you can kind of be a jerk and." And you're kind of borderline a jerk anyway. So how, how are you saying that, you know, your company brand as this quality, high quality, high service place when, when you're a jerk yourself. So that personal brand to me is, is tainted. Has, do you, have you ever seen a single case where that personal brand of an owner is not directly affecting the person, the, the brand of a business or company? I have a perfect example of this, actually. Let's take a look at what happened to Ellen. She didn't need social media to screw up her personal brand. It was all over the news. It was like main headline news that turns out Ellen's actually kind of a B word. You know what I'm saying? Like, wait, what? I could never have ever in a million years would have thought that Ellen is that person. Turns out... um, she is a comedian and comedians like to make jokes. And the thing is with jokes is they're very subjective to the person that is, you know, a part of that joke. 
And so when you make a joke, it can be misinterpreted. And when those jokes become, and, and those jokes are regularly happening, one person misinterpreting it over a long period of time can actually call that bullying. And then when you cry bullying, the whole world rises up and goes, this is wrong. And they slam their fists on the table and, and there's this knee-jerk reaction to something that they have no context for. And, and you can ruin somebody's reputation for that. So it doesn't take social media to do that. Let's say I was walking down the street and I knew who, I don't know, uh, Pete the plumber. I know that guy. And, you know, he came and he did some plumbing work here and everything was great. He was a super fantastic guy. But then I'm out at the restaurant and Pete the plumber comes and sits down right there. And I'm like, oh, look, it's Pete the plumber. Ha ha. But then all of a sudden, you know, he gets a little louder and he starts yelling at one of the waitresses because they didn't get his wine right or whatever the case may be. And listen, Pete, if you're listening to this, we'd love to have you on the podcast. I'm just using you as a hypothetical here. I, I think you're a fantastic guy. <laughs> but if that happened and I'm in the, the, the store or the restaurant observing that, that's already ruined his reputation for me. And maybe for anybody else that may be present to that idea. So the, the, the idea that we can separate these two things and be these two completely different people is, uh, um, it's, it's a facade. We're setting ourselves up for failure in that way because when we feel like we're in this safe space where we can let our guard down and act and behave in a way that is not conducive to the way that we want to present ourselves to the world, and then the world catches wind of that, then you're in trouble. So, so when it comes to developing a personal brand, I like to look at some very, very simple questions. Who are you helping and what are you helping them with? So I think this way everywhere I go. When I go to the restaurant with my family, um, sometimes my mom can be a little bit short with the waiter. And now I'm so I play concierge now between the things that my mom wants to say and, you know, what we want as a result from the from the waiter. And so I'll be the guy that says, hey, listen, you know, the steak wasn't quite done well. I know it's not your fault. If you could take it back and, you know, maybe throw it on a grill for another couple of seconds, that'd be really great. I appreciate that. Where my mom be like, this steak is garbage. You know what I mean? Because that's my personal brand and I protect it doesn't matter where I am or what I'm doing. So who am I helping and what am I helping them with? In that situation, who am I helping? Well, I'm helping the server and the restaurant staff, and I'm also helping my family to achieve a common goal here. We want to go and have a good time, have a great experience, enjoy some really good food, right? And so what am I helping them with? Well, I'm helping with clearing that communication so that it makes sense to everybody and it's polite and compassionate and empathetic because those are the parts of my brand. That's my brand vision right? So I've set myself up now to operate from that place in anything that I do, whether I'm at a party or I'm at a business function. If I'm, if I'm pitching to somebody or, you know, I'm hanging out with the guys and having a couple of beers, I always keep those two things at the forefront of the way I project myself into the world. Is it possible to change your personal brand? (laughs) Uh, Well, I think so. Um, I I don't think it happens often because it's really hard. Well, it, it is. But the reason I ask is a lot of people, uh, not just in the political world, but in any sort of public appearance, what's the first thing people like to dig up? Skeletons in the closet. Yeah. Right. And I'm not saying that certain things that you should be held accountable for should be ignored. That's, that's not what I'm talking about here, but you know, like somebody's like, Oh, in college they did this. Okay, well, if it wasn't like, you know, 
doing something terrible to somebody else. Like they went out and they sped or, you know, they got a they speeding moon- ticket. Yeah. They, they moon the Dean. Like, should they be denied because 20 years ago they did something crazy in college, right? They're, is their personal brand the same? Have they proven that they have a new personal brand? And how long do you pay for past sins of a previous personal brand? Is that subjective? Like, is there is there kind of a, a theme that you've seen when it comes to that? Because people do want to change a lot of the times, right? Not every person that spent time in prison should be in prison for the rest of their life, according to the public. Like some of them, they made some mistakes. They got caught up with some wrong people. They went, you know, should that be a personal brand that sticks with them for the rest of their life? Those are, those are things, right? People that overcame drug addictions, that's a change in personal brand. How long do you hold that over their head? I don't believe you should, but I'm just saying in the public's eye, it, it tends to hang over somebody's head for a long time. So when do you accept someone's new personal brand as authentic? Think about Robert Downey Jr. or Charlie Sheen or former president Barack Obama. These are oh, all guys list, who literally have long. the exact same things in their past. You know what I mean? Like if, if the president of the United States, when he was 22 in college, smoked a joint and that got caught on video camera. And then somebody brings it up now when he's running for president or now that he's been you know, elected as president. Uh, and, and then his, res- his response to that um, mitigates the damage then people don't care, right? Same thing happened with Robbie, Robert Downey Jr. He, he was in the thick of it, man. And, yeah. and he lands this role as Iron Man and it changes his career. He's one of the most iconic superheroes to ever play a role in, in movie history. So in, when he's in that position, there's a responsibility that comes along with that. I, shout out Uncle Ben, Spider-Man. With great, respons- uh, with great power comes great responsibility. See, I like the idea that um, if you can recognize the things that you do wrong and you are, you put yourself in a position to grow from that lesson, then you can become a better person. And this is what I said before about change is like, I don't think change is impossible because I did it. I've been through a dramatic change. Me a year ago, me five years ago, me 10 years ago, very, very different people. But I come from a, a school of thought that you're supposed to change. 30-year-old me is going to be different than 31-year-old me. And when I reach 31 and I look back at my 30, I go, okay, I've made some progress. I'm a different person. And, and that's a constant evolution. Up until the moment that I leave this earth, I think that I'm constantly in a state of evolution. Some people are happy and comfortable with who they are and where they are in life. And if you are, all the power to you. You, you won the game. Continue to stay consistently happy and produce the results that you're getting because that's the point. Being happy and, and achieving these goals. But if you if you screw something up along the way and you're like, oh, no, I didn't do that. Uh, that's not me. Uh, it's a lie. It's a scam. And what happens? Well, Bill Clinton got impeached. They kicked him out of office. But I think, arguably, had he handled that a different way, would have been a different outcome. I think and I in think- those situations, there's advisors though, right? And when you when you listen to the wrong advisors, mm-hmm. whether that be politics, celebrities, whatever it is, that we're all under the influence it's of something. Your, it's your reputation when those words come out of your mouth. 
Yeah. So somebody saying, oh, this is how the public's going to perceive it. Maybe, but you better be pretty confident that that person's right if you're going to say something. And I yeah. think on, on a business level, you know, like when we had Cam on, he made the comment of how important a business coach is. But I, I think a business coach, I mean, being one, yeah, I'm kind of pro coaching, but <laughs> a little biased. Yeah. A little biased. But I also think that like, you should pick your coach, not based on, on price or, you know, necessarily just their coaching style. I, I think you, it's somebody that you have to spend a little bit of time with and trust because those are decisions that are going to affect. Nope. You can't go in front of a customer and something went wrong and be like, well, yeah, blame my business coach. It's like, no, it's, that's your reputation on the line. So as somebody that I take on as a client, you've accepted me and that your personal brand is going to be affected based on what we decide collectively. And that's, that's a big weight, you know, to compare, to carry. And I think a lot of people don't take that seriously enough that you can actually affect other people's personal brand without any repercussions. And I, that's unfortunate, but nobody's more responsible for your brand than you. You can't blame anybody for your brand being tainted. Uh, Jordan Peterson wrote 12 rules of life. And one of those rules is radical uh, self-awareness and radical responsibility. And by radical, it, it really does mean taking full and complete responsibility for everything and being self-aware enough to know that everything that happens around you is, is partly your responsibility. So the way that you interact with people, that's entirely your choice. The way that you handle business, that's entirely your choice, but it, it goes a lot deeper than that in the sense that now we're kind of diving into the world of personal development and who you are as a person and how you interact with people and what is and isn't acceptable and who draws this line and that line and all of it arbitrary because we're all just winging it. We're all making it up as we go, which is something I didn't know when I was a kid. I thought there was a certain point where you like magically turn a switch and you're an adult now. I'm still winging it. I'm still trying to figure it out. And I think my dad still is trying to figure it out and he's in his 60s. And we've had conversations about that. The fact that we're constantly just designing and redesigning ourselves. But now it begs the question, do you become a people pleaser? So we'll swing the pendulum to one side here. You're a people pleaser. Everything you do must be 100% completely Disneyified. Or are you an anti-people pleaser? Let's swing it all the way over here. And you don't care about anybody. There are, there, there's nothing that you care about when it comes to interacting with people and all that kind of stuff. Now, I like to kind of just swing somewhere in the middle. There's a group of people that I don't care about who they think I am or whatever. And there's a group of people that I really do want them to care about who I am as a person, because it matters to me. It matters to my livelihood, to my ability to serve people um, and, and beyond. So um, echoing back to one of our previous episodes, um, I think it was with, with Jen, she talked about finding your tribe. And I think yeah. that's such a, that's such a, a crucial piece of, um, you know, d designing and developing that brand and evolving it as it goes. Who are you helping? What are you helping them with? And this is, the, I mean, it's so simple, but, but that's your tribe and that's who you need to speak to now. So we'll use a comedian as an example. Do you like Dave Chappelle? I love Dave Chappelle, but there's a group of people that absolutely think he's appalling. Can't stand him. Did that stop him from making uh, $40 million for two specials on Netflix? Not for a second. I think the comedian industry, though, is, especially when you get into more of the unedited, you know, end of it, it's very raw 
and they're, they touch on subjects that make a lot of people uncomfortable. And there's, that's one way of making a career in the comedic world, but you look at a lot of them and their personal brand is basically like, if it's funny, I'm going to say it. And maybe half the people will laugh and half the people won't, but it doesn't matter because I'm doing it anyway. And I look at like, you know, Jay Okerson that, I mean, that guy, there are no boundaries with him. Like he'll just roast you. If you're in the front row, do not like, if you're an uncomfortable person, do not sit in the front row of his show because he will just roast you. But they're, I mean, when you pay to go see a show of Big J Oberson, you know what you're getting into. You know that you're probably going to get made fun of. Yeah. And and that's, that's okay. That's what you're going there for. Don't walk away offended because you got what you paid for. But that's his personal brand. And, you know, he, I guess it's, I don't know, is it a podcast? If, if it's on XM, their XM show, The Bonfire. And, you know, like people listen to that because they know what they're going to get. Because yeah. him and Dan Soner make a Dan Soder, sorry, make a show that is their personal brands. And if you see them on the street or if you see them on stage, they are the same person. Same person. So. Bill Burr is another prime example of this. Yeah. Although I might not share a lot of the beliefs that he has. That's a lie. I, pr- I pretty much am like dead on <laughs> with a lot of the things that he says. But for some people, he's just not their cup of tea. And we have to accept that as people too, is that we're not going to be able to please all people because all people don't think exactly the same way. And that's the... I don't know. That's the magic and wonder that is life is going out there and interacting with people and learning new things from them or, you know, perhaps trying to see the world from a different perspective. If I lived my entire life at the top or at the bottom of a mountain, am I ever going to know what it looks like from the top of that mountain? No. And what do I have to do to see that? Well, I got to work. I got to climb up a mountain and it's hard. It's dangerous. There's a lot of risks that come along with that with changing the way that I'm seeing the world. And I think that applies to everything um, as far as building your personal brand or, or, or redesigning it or, or rebranding your personal brand, making sure that you do have both hands on the wheel and you can steer that thing in a, in a direction that's going to benefit uh, you and the people that you're aiming to serve. Disney's movies aren't for everybody. They're for kids, right? But you know, some horror movie show isn't for kids. It's for the people that like that. I, I personally, my mom was really big. She was huge into horror shows and things like that. And when I was growing up, that's what we watched when I was a kid. I got a little older and now I'm a little sensitive to it. I'm like, I. it's not that I get scared. It's just like, I don't want to see a dude get his head chopped off. I'm, I'm good. I'm totally fine with that you know, living my whole life without ever seeing that. But for some people, that's a thrill. That's a thing that they want. And, and that's totally cool. And I'm not, I'm not in a position to judge that person. I just choose not to interact with that kind of thing. So the, the very idea of, of somebody being offended is a choice. It's subjective to what you decide is or isn't offensive. And then what you're going to stand for, what you're not going to stand for. This applies universally through any concept that you can possibly think of. You've been programmed to think a certain way. You've allowed other people to influence you to think that way. And because they're so deeply ingrained in you as far as habits, you continue to think that way. And unless you are willing to challenge those things, those thoughts and beliefs, uh, you're, you're never going to be able to change them. So when it comes uh, to building that personal brand, you have to consider those things. When you post something on social media, some people are going to like it. Some people are not going to like it, provided it's you know aiming at serving people. 
you could post something on social media and nobody like it at all because it didn't provide any value for anybody. And that's because mainly you went way too vanilla with the message. And I find that often. And a lot of businesses get this screwed up when they enter the social media space. They bring their flyers there and start shoving them in people's faces. And what value does that bring to me? I don't want $10 off my pizza. I'll get it when I order skip. I don't need to see it on there. But you know, it'd be really cool. is maybe a, a pizza channel dedicated to just pizza. And I could watch two or three minute clips about pizza. And then I get hungry. And guess what? I'm opening my app and going to Domino's because that's the video that I just watched. And I'm buying their Domino pizza because that's what I want. Because you're in that environment of being social with people. You're, you're in a conversation. If you and me were in a conversation and some random guy just walked up and like handed us a flyer and was like, can I talk to you about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? And you're like, whoa, what's going on? We were just having a conversation about stuff. That's what's happening when businesses enter there and, and, and very much in the trades world. The trades world's a lot of these guys think that social media is garbage. It doesn't work. It's not, it's a, it's useless. It's because they maybe tried boosting a post one time. They spent 10 bucks on it. They're like, I didn't get a customer. Well, yeah. Would you be a customer? A, a lot, a lot in the trades world. I, I really think miss the mark when it comes to a personal brand because they, they focus so much on the technical aspect of the procedure. Right. An right. electrician, right? He knows how to run wire. He knows how to hook it up and knows how to pass an inspection. It's like, what more do you want? I do a good job. Yeah. But nobody will be on site because you're there. Like it costs money to have you there apart from your invoice because you're such a hassle to deal with. Right. I mean, coming in the roofing from the roofing industry, you want to talk about hard guys to deal with? Like, Welcome to the capital of hard people to deal with in the roofing industry. It is crazy, but you just, you kind of get in that mentality where guys are like, I'm good at what I do. And it's almost like we go back to talking before about arrogance, that arrogance, they don't think that their personal brand matters because eh, they don't need to work for everybody. They can, they'll, there's always somebody who'll pay them. And it's like, well, eventually that will run out. Sorry. And I also, curious about this too. So we look at somebody like Elon Musk, the guy, I mean, I don't know why, but everyone just thinks the guy's so controversial because he speaks his mind and he just says things. And I don't think the guy's a dummy. I think he says things intentionally. So his comment about Bitcoin. Well, if you put any sense of logic into it, that's such a ridiculous statement until a couple of days later, when guess what? He announces a different kind of crypto that he's investing in. And all of a sudden, guess what? The stocks go up. So it was a smart play on his part to, to make a bunch of money. But he well, allowed- Why do you think he wanted to develop a personal brand? But his personal Coming brand- Coming from PayPal, he, no, you didn't need to know who he was. You needed yeah. to know about the service. And so PayPal built their personal brand on how they served people. Elon Musk didn't need a personal brand, but he saw the benefit and value of having one. Oh, and he's taken advantage of it. But but it also goes to show that whether you're a big corporation and and I don't even know if half of us even know how big Elon is, like it goes beyond building cars, you know, to the mom and pop shop, both of them are severely affected by a personal brand. Their income is directly correlated. Yeah. Right. I, I don't, 
maybe a company with a with a board of directors like say Microsoft where you know everyone still associates Bill Gates with it but you know he doesn't just make a decision and it goes public companies are are ran a little bit differently and they're a little bit more sensitive to people's personal brand that work for the company but sole owners of companies um I find that, yeah, their, their personal brand, it directly affects the loyalty of customers when it comes to their company. I, I do see a correlation. I've seen it in the past. You get a guy that owns, you know, huge. So, you know, the comment that no publicity is bad publicity. I don't necessarily agree with it all the time because in today's, there's such movements now that if you do something to make enough people mad, can your personal brand affect your business? Is no is bad publicity still good publicity? Okay, so think of in terms of this. Uh, I read a book in my very early stages of like becoming a marketing person. Uh, Trust me, I'm lying by Ryan Holiday. If you've never heard of this book or you haven't read this, I think that this should be necessary reading in our education system. That's how important this book was to me. One of the case studies, this, this guy is, uh, the subtitle is um, Confessions of a Professional Media Manipulator. His whole job was dedicated to manipulating the media to achieve an outcome. Okay, so check this out. One of the case studies he talked about, this is an actual project he worked on. There was a movie that was made and they only had a $10,000 budget to, to do everything you could think of with this movie. Um And they blew the whole budget on making the movie. It had nothing left for marketing. So they brought Ryan in. And there was a scene in the movie that um, could have potentially pissed off feminists. So what he did was took that scene out of the movie. And then he sent it to the biggest, most influential, angry feminists he possibly could. And what did they do? (laughs) They blew it up. They blew it up. And it was a box office hit. I can't remember the name of the movie, but if you read the book, you'll know as soon as you get to that chapter, when he talks about it, you create that controversy. Because here's the thing. He identified who's on our team and who's not on our team. We piss off the people that are not on our team and they're going to yell about it. And the people that are on our team are going to come in and be like, oh, I don't know what they were yelling about. So, and then another like super prime example of this, Donald Trump, like even saying the name is going to cause people watching and listening to this to have a very deep visceral reaction. Some people agree with him and some people do not. Some people are kind of right in the middle. But, but the topic of there, and like, I am not going to get into the politics of it, but the fact is everybody, he didn't change. He, his personal brand from Celebrity Apprentice it was the same format, same guy, same guy, same person. And everyone's mad that all of a sudden he's acting exactly like he's been acting for the past 30 years as a businessman. He, he tried running the country like a business person. Did it work? Did it not? Nah, that's up for debate, but he did that. That guy has a personal brand and being the president was just the cherry on top of that brand. It was not about being the president. It was like him sitting in the back, like, what else can I do to make this brand bigger? You know, when I saw him running, I was like, you know what I would like to be? I would like to have uh, a 30 story building 
in gold, the same color as my hair as a child and, and with my name on the top. And then I would like to run the country. Guess what? He did. How crazy. If you, if you said that to somebody and they were like, okay, first of all, you're never going to build a building with your name on it. Second of all, you're never going to be the president of the United States. Why? What did it take? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, what I, don't care. I don't care what anybody's personal stance is on this. I'm going to make this one very simple argument. This dude is way smarter than you think. Everybody has painted him out to be a dummy and a racist and a bigot and all these other things. And listen, he he may or may not be the, these things. But at the end of the day, the things that he says, the actions that he takes, they all reflect on his bottom line, the, his net worth. And if we're going to use that as a metric, let's just say to score how well he's doing versus how well his haters are doing. I'm going to have to argue he wins. Yeah. That, that's the you know, case in point. He wins. That's it. End of, end of argument. He's way further ahead in life than you could ever imagine being yourself. So he's one of the greatest personal brand examples that I, that I personally think, because, right. you know, did he get there? Was he honest all the time? I highly doubt it. Like, you know, there's documentaries, but that's not what we're talking about. The guy made a personal brand. He stuck with it. He made a board game. He went bankrupt to make a board game about himself. Like the guy focused on himself. Maybe he's egotistic, but he built, he didn't just build a personal brand. He built an empire on his name. And that was his focus. Everything he did was that he could have named them. He could have named his, you know, building his hotel chains, anything he wanted to. What did he call them? Trump Tower. Why? Because that's his brand. Yeah. Trump, Celebrity Apprentice. Everything was about Trump. Trump, 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 Trump. Right. And you know who else is a really good example of a personal brand that is intentional? Paris Hilton. Paris Hilton is, you want to talk about the you queen? Seen her documentary? Uh, no, but my, my brother's really on me to go watch it because he's like, you got to watch this. But when you, it'll when blow you, your mind, the shit that she went through to get to where she is, man, you'll have a whole new different perspective on who she just is. Just the reason she made, what was the, the one with her and, and Nicole Richie, the lifestyles of the rich? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they did. I mean, they put on this persona that they're just ditzes. Yeah. And it's like, really? Okay. That's crazy. Cause yeah, super dumb. But then you watch them after and they're like, do you know what my popularity increased after that show? Do you know what my net worth increased to? Do you know what other gigs I got? Do you know that it launched my fashion? All the, all this stuff, right? She does these things and you're like, what is she doing? But guess what? You're talking about her. You heard about it when she released that song on, on iTunes, like, 15 years ago, guess who Dude, bought she's it? Still making money from that. We call that I bought that it. Couch money. It was one of my first downloads on my flip phone. <laughs> Paris Hilton. Hi. Yeah. You know, number one buyer. So, you know, that that was a personal brand. Those weren't things that she just stumbled into a recording studio. It wasn't a dream that she's like, I want to aspire to be some amazing musician. She was building a brand. And you know what? This is something she didn't do. She didn't have a song out as an artist. So she needed to prove that. She went out and did it, and everyone bought into it. Even her haters bought it. <laughs> Everybody had to listen to it at least once. They had to, right? And it it just the names start flowing when you talk about what personal brands. Kardashians do they actually do anything? And this isn't a, this isn't a knock on them, but what do they do? It doesn't matter because when you say the name Kardashian, everybody no, has an opinion. 
yeah. but they've built a brand. Any show revolving around somebody's name, the Kardashians, you want to talk about a personal brand? They created a reality TV show that lasted like a long time. <laughs> and and Is just it have still like, on? They I think they just finished it. But uh, you know, all the mixture of controversy versus like successes and tasks and just all these things that they do around what around name no different than what trump did check this out take that now that big these big ideas that i don't know most people i think share this general idea that you know being rich and famous is only reserved for like the elites of the world or whatever um, which I don't buy into. And and here's two perfectly good examples of this. There's this chick on TikTok uh, that I follow now. And she po- posts two types, two formats of content. The first format is she's a blonde and kind of pretty looking. And she'll just do the dumbest shit ever. She'll get a banana and then peel it with a like a carrot peeler. And and then, and then that's that's the video. And then all of these people are losing their minds in the comments. Just just completely like totally beside themselves because they can't figure out why this blonde pretty girl is with a banana. And then the next piece of content that comes out is her like admitting I make videos trolling people and here are some of the comments. And then she just goes through and reads the most outrageous comments that she gets after trolling these people. So she's intentionally doing dumb shit and then highlighting how people react to it. And those are the two pieces of content. And she's got a a very high number of followers. I can't remember what it is, but it's in the triple digit six figures. There's a lot of people following her. There's another one. (laughs) This guy, um, he sees, you know, those five minute hack videos. Where they do, they'll like do something like really, really dumb. Um, like there's a cup and you don't want to pick the cup up. So they got to like, t- they'll like tape a thing together so that you have a handle for the cup. And it's this like 20 minute project that you got to go through to achieve this outcome. And he'll just take the cup and put it down and then pick it up and then put it down. That's his whole shtick. That's all he does is he does this the what the hack is supposed to fix. He just does it like normal. He's got 84 million followers on TikTok, my guy. How? 84 million followers on TikTok from doing that. My, my question with that, so TikTok kind of changed things a little bit, right? Because you got these one-minute videos. Now you can do three-minute videos. You don't really need... Or maybe you do. Maybe I'm wrong. Do you need a personal brand to be successful on a place like TikTok? See, whereas Facebook and LinkedIn, you kind of did. And I think you still do. You need you need that brand awareness. Whereas you're not really connecting with people on TikTok. You're connecting with what, they, what they're doing at that moment. I think there's a few selected, like the ones that, uh, I forget what it's called, but it's like Derek, where she's got the crazy face and she's like flipping hilarious. Um, where she like acts like a, like a, almost like a son. And the dad's like, what did you do? And he's like, oh, I, I went and did this. And she's all like crazy and really feisty about it. Anyway, it's so fine. She's got a huge amount of followers. But I think apart from a few kind of highlight ones on TikTok like, than that, like the girl that peels bananas. Is there a personal brand there? Is there? I don't like why. Why is that a personal brand? Because if I saw her in the street, she would be the banana girl maybe. But 
that wouldn't really influence my opinion of her because I don't know her personal brand because of 10 second videos. Okay. So if all of a sudden this girl stopped making banana peeling videos and she started making self-help videos, how would you, what would your reaction to that be? He'd question, I would question it. Yeah. Well, what's going on here? This isn't what I came here for. Right. So her reputation exists as that. Now, if she wants to broaden that and evolve it and all those other things, completely, totally acceptable. There's nothing saying that you can or cannot do those things. As an example, um, I make music. And I, when I started making music, um, I was in a, like an emo punk band. We played like, uh, like no effects, like, like the really fast, really loud, really obnoxious punk rock. Uh, I don't do that anymore. I'm an R&B singer. <laughs> How did that happen? I don't know. I don't know. But the people that knew me back then do not recognize me right now. And that's that's because I've naturally, as a person, evolved. And is that where I'm going to stop? Probably not. I, I got a new idea for this concept album that I'm working on. It's called 15 Minutes. Um, every song is only one minute long. And I stole this idea from the fact that all these young kids that are making music don't understand music format. So their songs are like two minutes long. And I'm like, no way. I'm going to beat them to the punch. I'm just going to make one minute long songs. Forget it. So <laughs> I did a whole project that's it's called 15 minutes and every song's one minute. It's coming out sometime, you know, in the fall, I believe. And it's so far removed, even from the things that I was doing. There's a lot of variations. Some of it, I rap, some of it, I sing, some of it, like it doesn't even belong on there because it's acapella, but it's because I'm exploring who I want to be. And I think that I've developed a personal brand that represents that that I like to try new things and, and go places where, you know, people don't expect me to go. And that's my personal brand. The question that this is kind of begging is if, if there's a tree in a forest and you never see that tree, is that tree still there? You know what I mean? The Schrodinger paradox. Yeah. If you choose not to acknowledge that you have a personal brand, that's fine but it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. It doesn't mean that it's not still happening. And it doesn't mean that people aren't characterizing it or putting it in a box somewhere in their own minds of that's this person does this thing. So I was known um, locally in the hip hop scene as the guy that ran um, a record label and I made my own music. And when I started up, <coughs> when I started up the media company two years ago, I got made fun of by a small group of those people. Uh, comments to the tune of when you fail at a rap career and you resort to starting a marketing company. And I just had to laugh because it was like, no, I, I, I was doing marketing as a label, helping artists build a brand out of nothing and then marketing themselves, you know, using proven systems and structures for fan acquisition and, you know, um, in, increasing your, <clears throat> return on investment and all that. <clears throat> and I just decided to take that really, really good skill and use it for other businesses and not just for musicians. And so it wasn't even a far jump for a group of people to be like, he's a loser who can't rap anymore. And I just found it comedic. It's, it's hilarious to me that that was the sentiment to people that I wasn't already doing these things. I, I think about guys like Gary Vaynerchuk. He was the guy that took his sock off 
on YouTube and like chewed on it and was like, yeah, that's what the wine tastes like. Like chewed on his own sock. This guy runs a $400 million media company. And so when he made that transition from being the wine guy to being the business mogul, all the business moguls were like, sit down, wine guy, stay in your lane. But did it stop him? No. So the idea that, you know, the personal brands there, whether you like it or not, people are going to follow you along your journey. And sometimes they're going to fall off because that's not a part of their journey. And that's totally acceptable. But finding the people that you're serving, who are you helping and what are you helping them with and staying inside of that to some degree makes a whole lot more sense. I, I like it. I like it. I Dramatic you know, pause. It, yeah. It's, um, no, it's, it's good. And I think, I think a lot of people are unaware of what their brand is because they've never worked on it. Right. We all have it. It's like you said, that reputation, we all have a reputation. But just because you don't care about it doesn't mean it's not developing and or and you know, helping or hindering you. Well, exactly. And um, it kind of kind of takes me back to in the roofing world. One guy, he was just so hard to deal with, like to the point where I would have people phone me to give an estimate and they would say, hey, you know, we got this other guy to give an estimate and I knew him. I knew him really well. And I never bashed. I never made any comments. I'm just like, Oh yeah. Cause that's your reputation on the line. Exactly. And it would, I was, I would just ask him, how, how did you find that? And they're like, that was an experience. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, yeah, he kind of has that effect on people, unfortunately, but you know, he does, he does okay work. And they're like, I don't want to ever see him again. <laughs> so it didn't even come down to like price or quality because he, he wasn't, a, he's not bad at what he does. Like he, he does good work, but people were just so turned off by him. And I don't even think he is aware of what he's leaving behind. I think he just understands it. Maybe he's gruff and he's almost kind of wears that as a, as a little badge. But I don't think it realizes that when things aren't going as well in the market, he's probably going to be the first one to feel it because there is no loyalty to him by anybody. Whereas other guys, people will follow him. He probably doesn't care. And that fact that he doesn't care, that's hurting him. And so even though you don't care, like the less you care about it, the, the less control you have over it. When you start caring about it, you can put yourself in a position to be behind the wheel and start steering the message that you send to other people. Um, I really want to give something actionable for this because I know that the idea of it is still very um, high up in the clouds as far as a concept, you know, a personal brand. Cool. Who am I helping? What am I helping with? It's very simple. Um, Use those two things to, to begin designing what that brand looks like. Um, there's another book I read is called primal branding. Um, but this is a common theme that I've seen in like the hundreds of thousands of dollars I've spent on courses and and things in education as well. There are uh, seven key things, um, that help you in designing a brand that is, um, is a natural attractor to the, to the, to the tribe, to the group of people that you're trying to, 
help out. So I'll, I'll go through the list really, really quickly. Um, you need some kind of a, a creation story or a backstory where you came from, why you're there. Uh, and, and it's to help you relate with the people that, um, that you're trying to like help and serve. Right. Um, then you need like a creed or a mantra. Like this is, this is the mission, the vision. This is what it is that you're trying to do. Um, you need icons, things that, uh, that represent your business. So this could be really simple, like a logo. Um, when you have a logo like Coca-Cola, people see that immediately recognized. It's like a worldwide recognized brand. So what is it that represent, represents you? So for us, the seven tree is literally just a seven with some leaves coming off of it and very easy to recognize, scalable, um, easily identifiable, but it represents what it is that we're trying to do. Um, we're, we're following simple principles to grow business, right? Uh, the next one is rituals. These are things that just happen um, as a as a part of being inside of that group. Think about Kit Kat as an example. They ran an entire campaign on uh, "Give me a break, give me a break." What do you do every time you take a break? Now that's a ritual. So when you're taking a break, you naturally think about, "I need a Kit Kat," right? It used to, for like. I don't know, maybe 10 years of my life. Anytime they'd be like, oh, you know, let's take a break. And I would immediately be like, give me a break, give me a break. That's good branding, right? Because it immediately makes us recall that thing. Mine was Frosted um, Flakes. Yeah. Every and then you need Frosted Flakes. Yeah. They're <laughs> great. They're great. Or uh, Bud, Bud Light or Bud Budweiser was. Uh, yeah. Oh, that one was a long, I forgot about that one. Yeah, good call. Yeah, so is, any of you parents out there hating on your kids for being like, sheesh. <laughs> Just remember, there was 10 years of our lives where we wouldn't pick up the phone with a, eh, you know, so this is karma coming back around. <laughs> um, but the other side of this is, and this is a very, very important one. And we've touched on this a number of times, but I'm going to make it really, really clear. You need haters. You need a group of people or, 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 or an inanimate thing to be against. There needs to be a villain in the story. And if you don't want to, you know, segregate a group of people, maybe make it an in inanimate thing right? Um, for me, because I'm in the marketing world, flyers are my enemy, right? We're in a digital world. You need to be making content and putting content out that serves a group of people that you want to help with, you know, all the things that you can provide them as far as products or services. You need to be in that space. Flyers are the enemy because you're spending thousands and thousands of dollars on flyers and they're not doing anything for you. There is no tangible ROI on that. There's no measurable way that you are getting customers from that. I promise you that. So though, so you have to have that thing, the haters, the evil villain of your story. And I think you know that the the hater or the villain <laughs> in my story is um, people that don't know how to run a business. <laughs> <laughs> right? You like uh, you call, uh, often refer to uh, contractors um, who are good at their trades but not good at running businesses. Right? The ones that are are good at the trades and not good at running businesses are the ones that are screwing it up for everybody. They're the ones creating that bad reputation in the industry, right? Yep. Um, and then really quickly, the last two things are um, the leader. Uh, like you need a fearless leader of some kind. There needs to be something that represents your brand, whether that's you as a person or um, a caricature of you in the personification of your brand. And I know that's really, really convoluted. Take a little bit of time, dig into that one because um, I could go off for an hour just on that idea alone. Um, and the last one is the sacred words, the, the lingo that you guys have in that industry. So 
tradespeople, there's a common language that they all speak. And if you say even one word, that that whole group of people, like if I say like, oh, hey, did you see the pitch on that? You know exactly what I'm talking about because that's a roofing thing, right? Um, having that that lingo, the, the language that surrounds, I'm trying to think of another one. Oh, for the personification of your brand, think about the image of Santa. Do you know who made that up? The image of Santa never existed. It was made by Coca-Cola. Really? Yep. You know what I learned from you on this topic, on, on one of your modules, your first video, was where the Guinness Book of World Records came from. Oh, yeah, right? And I, I thought that was such a cool story, but it it really goes to the brand and and the that persona that that brand wanted to do for its customers being Guinness beer. I thought that was just fascinating and what it what it became because of trying to serve their people and trying to you know, be a brand that served their customers. I thought that was a really cool story. So it's there whether you like it or not. And the sooner you admit it and take control of it, the the better you're going to do in in the long run. Okay, fine. I'll work on my brand. I'll admit it. (laughs) You convinced me. Um, I guess that's a wrap for this episode. It's a good place to leave it off. Um, If you're watching, listening anywhere you are, drop a comment, a like, a share, whatever it is. Um, tag somebody who needs to know about a personal brand. If you have questions or you want to see a guest on the show, uh, you can hit us up directly via email and that's at email, perspective at gmail.com. Um, and we're quick to respond. We'll get right to you as soon as we get that. So for now, that's it for this episode and we will see you in the next one.